What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that DrLisaO.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Welcome back to the show. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Candice Cochegrus. I saw her Facebook post several months back. It was one of my colleagues that had shared it. And it was literally a picture of her 12-year-old son's bedroom. It was with a mattress laying on an empty floor and a boarded-up window with bite marks on the wall. It pulled at my heartstrings, and I went over to her page. And as I scrolled through her page, I felt so compelled that I needed to bring her on. So here's the deal is I get asked questions all the time. And I have the conversation with a lot of people, whether they're different colleagues or whether they're patients, whether they're people in the community. And ultimately, what the conversation goes is that we all have to do our own research and we all have to be okay with the decisions we make. And ultimately, we need to respect each other for whatever decisions we make regarding any of our medical decisions. So here's a story from a mom who did everything right, who just assumed she was being told everything correctly who went and did it all correctly, walked into a wellness visit, and never had the same child again. Why am I bringing this to you today? And it's one of those conversations that I'm hesitant to even bring because it's such a polarizing conversation. But I want you to listen in just with an open mind and open ears and be okay with asking questions and be okay with doing research and ultimately be okay with whatever decision you choose and other people choose. Because the reality is, is we are in unprecedented times right now, and we're all going to be faced with certain decisions. And so I'm here just to bring information to you 
And I'm hoping it's not so controversial of a topic that this episode disappears. I want this here so that way you can listen in. Candace presents so much information here. So you might even want to have a little notepad down to write down some different of the research that she even found and as she talks about her journey. You can also see her shop that she speaks about that she has created. It's called purplepromiseshop.com and you can purchase different t-shirts and all sorts of stuff over there. So sit back tight. I know it's a longer episode, but it's totally worth it. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Olszewski, and I'm so excited about our guest here today. This is somebody that I just happened to run across on Facebook. It was actually another one of my colleagues that shared this post, and it just spoke to me. It's a story that I've heard so often, and I really want her to come in as a mom and just come in as actually yeah, just as a mom. I was going to say an advocate, like you are an advocate as well, Candace, but really I want you to share your story because it's so important especially right now that we all really start doing some research, right? So Candice, introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. Amen, Lisa. Thank you so much. So I am Candice Cochegrus. I grew up, half of my childhood was on a farm and half of it was kind of city life. I just grew up, you know, you go to the doctor anytime you get sick and you just take whatever they tell you. And so, you know, it was just the basic, I didn't get sick very often. I got the chicken pox at one point, but other than that, we both, yeah, it was exactly. like, we all got the chicken pox. <laughs> yeah. And we all survived. I did it anyways. I mean, I and I got ice cream for week. some reason that's, I associate chicken pox with getting ice cream, right? Like because yeah. I was at home. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we had ice cream. We watched the movies and we took oatmeal baths and your mom was like, stop itching, stop itching, stop scratching. <laughs> right. And that's what it was. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what childhood was. I didn't hear about anybody sick. I didn't hear about um, you know, kids having the issues that they have today, over 50% of the children today in the U S have a chronic illness over 50%. It is normal for kids to be sick today. And that just boggles my mind. So when I became a mom, I was actually halfway through college and, you know, I, I became a mother. And so of course we went to the hospital to have our baby and we got an epidural and we did shots and we did all the things. And, you know, you listen to doctors and trust them and do everything they say, and they're the experts and they know everything. And I'm just a mom and didn't know anything. And so I just did exactly what they said. And my first kiddo was born totally healthy or so it seemed he seemed completely fine. And he would, you know, make eye contact and he would start to roll over and babble and was putting things in his mouth. And then when he was five months old, after a routine doctor visit, he was not sick. We just went to the doctor because it's what you do. Cause they say wellness visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say at this age, you need to go. And this age you need to go. It doesn't not because they're sick, but because there's a schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. So we went to the doctor when he was, you know, five, not quite six months old yet. And, um, you know, of course they check their height and their weight and they give shots and they band-aids and they give them a sticker and then you leave. And then my whole world shifted. 
shifted like I would not have expected. And to the point that um, the next day, my neighbor was watching my son while I was at work and I came home and she was like, he did this thing. He, he went kind of stiff and his eyes were kind of shaky and it was weird. And, but I knew you were going to be here in like 10 minutes. So I didn't worry about it. And I was like, well, he seems fine right now. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've never seen him do anything like that. And I picked him up and she was my next door neighbor. So I walked across, you know, to my house and I put him down on the bed and he had a seizure in front of my eyes. And I was so mortified. I called my husband who was at work and I was like, I'm coming to get you. We're going to the emergency room right now. I don't know what's wrong, but you know, pray and I'm on the way. So we went to the I, on the drive over, I kind of lost my nerve a little bit. And I was like, maybe, maybe I'm just saying things. Cause again, right after the episode, he seemed fine. And I was like, maybe I'm overreacting. And I, I was hoping it was not very serious. And so I was like, let's go to the clinic and just see what happens. So we got to the Instacare clinic. And as we were checking him in, he had a seizure in front of the gal that was registering us. And she said, I will triage, go to the ER and they will take you straight back. And I just saw her eyes just get huge. And I was like, Oh, and that was kind of my first indicator that we are in for a very serious ride that I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what year this was? Because I know like, especially our schedules have changed so much, right? So how, when was he born? So he was born in 2009 Okay. And I was just so naive and ignorant that I just told the doctor, they asked about shots and I was like, Oh, just give him everything he needs. Give him right. all of them. Cause I have no idea. Because we were always told that it was a normal thing to do that. And it's yeah, not absolutely. like, yeah. So then what happened through the emergency room? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in the military and so I've had shots, right. Yeah. And I got them when I was in kindergarten and didn't think anything of them. Didn't ask any questions, none of that. And so, yeah, he got all the shots and, and then the emergency room, we got there and they were like, well, he's having seizures. And I remember he had seven throughout that day and mm -hmm. it was just so, it was terrifying. And I was like, what is happening? What's going on? And then I remember I stuck him in the crib and I stuck him on his bum because he could sit up at that point. And he flopped over and I was like, what, what? And so I, I kind of grabbed, you know, I grabbed him and sat him back up in the sitting position, which he could do just fine at five months. And I sat him sitting up on his bum and he flopped over and I was like, what? And I picked up his arm and it just dropped and I picked up his arm again and it just dropped. And I tried to give him a toy and I tried to give him a snack and he was just so limp and lifeless and his eyes were awake, but I was like, what is going on? And I'll never forget this moment. Oh, I get chills. The doctor was like, oh, I guess he's paralyzed now too. <gasps> and I was like, wait, wait, what? What? And I had been crying all day. So just yeah. scared and confused and what's going on. And this cannot be real. This cannot be my life. What is happening? You know, I'm in the middle of college. I've got this great internship. My husband is also going to school full-time and working at, at a job full-time. And, and it's, you know, my, my debut of motherhood yes. and I five months. And I was like, what is happening? And they just said it so nonchalantly too. Like, Oh, I guess he's paralyzed too now. So were they saying at that time period, like, Hey, this is what we think happened. Or it was just like, Oh, this is life. No. Okay. So Lisa, I got to tell you, they asked me every single invasive question you can think of. Like, oh, of did you change your light bulbs? Did you change your laundry detergent? Did you feed him peanuts? And I'm like, no, I didn't. He's five months old. I did not give him peanuts or honey <laughs> or chocolate. Like, are you kidding me? And they asked all sorts of questions. Like, did you get new carpet installed? And, and I'm like, no, 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 no to all of your 
questions. No, we did not do any of those things. And they asked every single thing, but you know, they did not ask. They did not ask, oh, did he just get shots yesterday? They did not ask me that question. They asked about my, my laundry detergent. And if we had strobe lights installed in our house, which no, we did not. Right. So then how did you like, let's go through this journey. When did um, yes. you start putting two and two together? Did you have an innate, like just gut feeling that this was related to the visit the day prior or were you still just like, what in no. the world is happening? Okay. I had no idea. I didn't question. And, and my sister kind of did the same thing. She called me and she was like, okay, I'm looking on the internet. Cause my whole family is trying to figure out what's going on. And she was like, did you change your laundry detergent? And I was like, no, why does everybody I, keep asking me? I, I kind of snapped at her. Yeah. I felt so bad, but I was angry and just emotionally yeah. spent. And she's like, did you change your laundry soap? And I was like, why is everyone asking about my laundry soap? No, nothing in my world changed from yesterday to today, except now my son is having seizures and paralyzed. And I don't know what happened. And I did not even think, did not even think to question, to look, to ask. And they did not ask me, Hey, Mm -hmm. did he get shots yesterday? And I'm guessing maybe they did not ask because I was at the hospital and maybe they looked at his records and maybe they knew, but they did not say anything. They did not notice, but here's the thing. So I started to look, I'm an accountant and I'm a paralegal. Mm -hmm. And so research is kind of my, my game. And so I started reading, uh, you know, in that first year, I read over 50 books to try and grasp what was happening with my child. And some of them were from doctors. Some of them are naturopaths. Some of them were, you know, nutritionists and some of them were just moms and the vaccine thing kind of came up and I would immediately dismiss it. Like, no, that's been debunked. That's not a thing whatever. And it just kept coming up and kept coming up. And then finally, when my son was three, I read something that it was illegal to sue. I'm a paralegal, mind you. So, but I don't practice that type of law. And so I was like, how do I not know about this? Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was three is significant because I looked into the law and number one, they are completely immune from being sued. They made an entire separate legal judicial system and it's illegal to sue any nurse, doctor, hospital, anyone, not the manufacturer, for a vaccine injury or death. So number one, they knew it was happening. Number two, they made it illegal to sue them when our children get hurt. And number three, most people have never heard of this. I was a paralegal, did not know it. And number four, it has one of the shortest legal statutes I have ever seen. And I've been a paralegal for over, for nearly 16 years now, two or three years, depending if your child lives or dies. If they die, you have two years to file a claim. How long do you think parents are grieving their dead child and planning a funeral and wrapping their mind around getting out of bed in the morning, let alone, hey, let's file a petition or an application through this separate legal process that's not even court, and let's submit a voluntary application that says my child died within 24 hours of having a vaccine. And I would like you to pay me money for my child's death, which, oh, and number five, it has one of the smallest, smallest legal payouts I've ever heard of. And it has not been changed since 1986. The most you will ever get is just a couple of hundred thousand dollars for your kid's death. Right. Right. 
I know this whole thing is one of those, like I'm a chiropractor, I'm a naturopath, right? So we've talked about this a lot with patients and all of that. And when people come into my practice and they say, what, what, what's your you know suggestion? What is this? But then it's also the fact that Dr. Lisa, you're not a mom. So, and like, and I always just tell them, you know, it's the fact of like, Hey, here's the deal. Like I know what I would do if I had children, but everybody has to do some research beforehand. Right. And like you Absolutely. had just said, so you started digging. Um, so then I'm assuming after his five month shots, you continued on to that course until about three years. Is that what it was? Or oh, no? yes. like, I don't even know your story. I just saw a couple mm-hmm. posts. So, um, yes. So I actually asked the doctor and I said, Hey, cause I remember his next visit. I said, Hey, um, you know, he was still paralyzed at that point. He was paralyzed for about a year and a half. And so we kept going to checkups more often than not, because now I have this paralyzed child on medications and they're recommending surgery. They wanted to remove half his brain. Oh my gosh. At that point I was like, wait, what? And that's when he was three years old. And that's when I started asking questions and saying, Mm -hmm. listen, these, these conventional doctors are idiots. I am so fed up. And I watched my son really go down the toilet the last few years, every single thing they tell me to do makes him worse. And now their only option, because he's paralyzed, he's not walking, he's not speaking, he's not making eye contact. He's not doing anything. He was nearly in a vegetative state. And their only option at that point was remove half his brain. And at that point I said, whoa, whoa, that was the line for me, which is embarrassing and makes me want to throw up because that was the line for me. And I started to question and I started to really, to look at the vaccines finally Mm -hmm. when my son was three. And I I asked them, you know, at a year, at 18 months, at two years, um, you know, do you think we should give him more shots because he has seizures, he has allergies, he has, he's paralyzed, he has all these problems. And the doctors were like, no, no, it's fine. And so we continued. And then finally, when he was three and I, I learned about this law, and they were recommending surgery. That's when I said, no, I hate doctors. And so your thing, Lisa, is people are like, you're not a mom. You're not a mom. My thing is people are like, you're not a doctor. You're not a doctor. And I'm like, listen, I'm not a mechanic, but when I saw a car hit my, a rock hit my windshield, I went to the mechanic and I said, Hey, a rock broke my windshield. Can you fix it? They did not tell me, well, you're not a mechanic. How do you know it was the rock? They said, Oh, no problem. Let's fix that for you. But when I watched my child, and again, it took me three years to put it together. So I don't blame other people for being like, no, it wasn't that because I did that for three years and I saw it happen. Mm-hmm. But for people to go, no, it wasn't that it's, it's frustrating and it angers me because I see it continue to happen. Yep. And I'm like, you could avoid that pain. Yeah. You could avoid hurting your child. If it you is, knew it is. it is. And it's one of I, like my sister, um, the same sort of, my sister's an attorney, right? And so she has done all the research when she, when she got pregnant, that was when she realized she's like, oh my gosh. And so like, she has, has done all of that, but that's the thing. I don't, um, and she always says, just question everything, like even going, and I don't know what you, I mean, I know you have several other babies after, after this mm-hmm. one too. So it was so interesting because she would, you know, every visit they would say, okay, and now we're going to do this test and we're going to do this one. And we're going to do ultrasound, like everything. And she's like, so Why? Can you tell why? me why? And then she'll, she'll do yeah. the research and then she would come back and say, this is the reason that I found out, you know, so it's okay to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the whole point of me saying that because ultimately we're all responsible for our own health and for that of our family. And we need to dig. And this is why when I saw your post, I'm like, I want to bring you on. Cause like the one that I saw was the picture of your son's room 
with the mattress on the floor, right? And mm-hmm. um, the window has been broken out. You have a board mm-hmm. over the window and no carpeting in there. And you just said, you're like, we're highly educated people. This is not, we were not like anti this stuff. It was one of those, this is our, <laughs> this is the situation. And I just, I felt so uh, so compelled. And like I even told you prior to interviewing, like before we went live, this is a topic that I have not put out on the podcast, but we are in a time period right now. People have got to do research, mm-hmm. not just for our children. We have to do it for ourselves. And it can be looking into, like you just said, the vaccine court, 1986. It's been around for a while now, right? Yeah, like but nobody was, knows. No one knows. And when I would sit there and talk to people about it, they're like, oh, you're just a quack, like you and those chiropractors. And it's like, no, <gasps> this is literally <laughs> the law. Like, you know, you think of those Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies when there's a drug issue and how many billions of dollars they pay out for Mm -hmm. different meds. You can't do that with this, you know, and and the same thing for these upcoming shots that they want to do for everybody. Mm -hmm. There is no liability to the manufacturer. (laughs) There's no liability if anything goes wrong. And then also what really like, I'm just, everything that's in my mind right now, I'm throwing. So you just jump at whatever but when they're sitting <laughs> there good. asking you, if you fed your five month old peanuts, I'm sitting here thinking we didn't have a crazy peanut allergy in the eighties when we were growing up. Right. No, like, we didn't. No, oh, but how about peanut oil that's in those shots, right? Like people yep. don't even put mm-hmm. those things into fact, or what's waking people up now that I'm having the conversation with is the board of fetal cells that a lot yes. of us are grown on and people have no they I don't do. know. They don't know. And Lisa, I got to tell you, I didn't even realize that until just, I want to say a couple of years ago. So to give you context, my son was born in 2009. Now he's 11. He's going to be 12 in a few months. And when he was three, that's when, so nine, 10, 11, 12, 2012 is when I stopped vaccinating him. He was three, but I did not even learn. And that was because of the law, because I was so angry from the legal aspect. I was like, this is not justice. This is not right. But it was not until I want to say two or three years ago, I found out about the aborted fetal cells because I was digging into this because I've had these conversations with people over and over again. And I found out about it just a couple of years ago. And I got angry Mm -hmm. because I, um, I I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with, with murdering unborn babies and you can spin it and call them a fetus to make it sound nicer. But to me in my heart and believing in God and religion to me, I just think it's wrong. I think it is wrong. And knowing that I supported that industry Mm -hmm. and that I allowed them to inject that into my child. I had no idea. You know, we go to a restaurant. We are so careful. Excuse me. Is that, is that salad gluten-free? Did did the croutons touch the leaves? Because I cannot have gluten and talk about, you know, vegans. Um, excuse me. Did you use, did you use any butter in that? Did you, did you use any, any cheese? I I'm a vegan. I it's made out of cows, monkeys, pigs, worms, you name it. How many animals they'll inject it into their muscle, but they refuse to put it in their mouth. And then you talk about, you know, the carnivore and, and it's got, you know, plant things too. And, and people are so careful, so careful what they'll put in their mouth, Mm -hmm. but they'll inject whatever straight into their muscle where it does not belong. I know. And it's also, I just even think of, um, 
I don't even know how many years ago it was where they were growing the flu shot on, on cocker spaniel cancer cells and people didn't realize it. And I'm like, here's the deal. They need a mm-hmm. fast growing medium. This is why they grab yeah. that stuff. Right. Right. And for me, I was like, I don't really think injecting cancer cells from another being <sighs> is a good idea. And then it's right? also the fact of like, when we look at the board of fetal cells, like the fact of the matter is that's another human being's DNA that we're not putting into our system. Yeah. So there's so many questions even I think of like flu shot, this was my little introduction to my small town. Um, 2005 is when I opened up my practice, right? So the research came out oh. then. So when I tell people this, and this is 15 years ago, that it was mm-hmm. uh, five or more consecutive flu shots increased the risk of Alzheimer tenfold, right? So I mm-hmm. had opened up my practice in 2005. I had this little thing up on a whiteboard and it was this you know chamber of commerce event here and people are walking around in my practice. And it was like, oh, welcome to Chelsea. Like, this isn't cool because now she's anti-flu shot. And I was like, no, I'm just giving you guys a stat, you know, like, but how many people yeah. just walk in all the it's time every single year and just get that? It's just information. Yeah. And so even uh, we were having the conversation the other day in the practice about the shedding of vaccines afterwards too. You think of that Mm -hmm. like people. Oh, people have no idea. No idea. Research what percentage of people actually get the measles from the MMR. Research what Mm -hmm. percentage of people get the chickenpox from the varicella, which is like the scientific name of chickenpox. How many people get sick from the shot? It happens. And the flu as well. How many people get sick from the flu shot? You know, hospitals like John Hopkins and um, you know, the Mayo Clinic, they have signs. I think some have taken them down because of <laughs> because of how controversial it is, but they have signs, especially in their cancer wings and in their heart wings where patients have had like transplants and things. They're like, if you have had this or this or this live vaccine, you may not enter right. within a month. Right. And that tells me, okay, if I get a live flu shot and I cough on someone else, they can get it exactly. because it's contagious. Exactly. And you think about that and you're like, oh, it makes sense, but it's not until you stop and think about it and you stop mm-hmm. and ask the question and you stop and actually kind of sit and think about it that you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Because it's, it's touted. Their mantra is safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Look, vaccines are safe and effective. And you can off the top of your head, Google search, you can find 30 mm-hmm. news outlets saying that same dogma, the same line mm-hmm. vaccines are safe and effective, but are they right. because legally a vaccine is registered as unavoidably unsafe, which means that when you use it appropriately, how it is meant to be used, it will cause harm. That's what guns are registered as. It is unavoidably unsafe, meaning if you touch that weapon, it may kill something, even if you use it on purpose. And it's the same for um, chainsaws, the same for industrial corrosive um, acids, that are meant to eat things away and damage them and, and kill them on purpose. And vaccines have the same, wow. the same legal standing. And so the laws and the ethics and the morality around it just drives me bananas. Yeah. And so, no, I'm not a doctor, but. but I am a paralegal. Yeah. And if you look in the laws, prove to me how it's even legal for them to say vaccines are safe because legally they are unsafe. Well, I think there's so much that we've seen in this year right? Like how much, and I, I really feel people are waking up, uh, how mm-hmm. much you're being lied to. Hallelujah. 
So I've always been telling people, I was like, just again, everything, do your research, just because there is a news article about it. Let's dig a little further, really Mm -hmm. trust our innate intuition. You know, like I really feel that's one of the biggest things. And so I have to just convey to people right now. It's okay to dig. It's okay to question. It's okay to question. So, um, the biggest headlines I'm seeing now, I don't know. Did you catch this one though? A couple of days ago. I don't watch the news, but it was interesting. Where but you I, can't avoid it because you, it, no, it you pops can't. in on, on, on social Instagram media, whatever. Facebook and people text it to you. You cannot avoid it. Yeah. But this is the thing too. And this is why I, I was like, I don't want my podcast pulled if we're talking about vaccines, right? Because that's the reality Ugh. of what's happening right now. I have got so Spencer. many of my doctor friends who are being pulled off of YouTube, pulled off of you know Facebook, pulled mm-hmm. off of social media because they're speaking this, which only confirms to me there's truth behind it. Obviously, we already know yeah. there's truth. But if they were moving it. So anyways, the latest CNN headline that I saw was that don't be alarmed if people die. If you start seeing in the in news, you nursing people, home. Exactly. You saw it too mm-hmm. after the shot. And I'm like, are you kidding me that you guys are trying to condition yep. that it's normal for this right yep. now? So yep. don't be alarmed if many reports come out that old yeah. folks are dying within one to two days of receiving the shot because, and here was her premise. This was Dr. Um, Kelly. Uh, I forget her last name, um, but she, it, she was like, well, old people die. Don't worry about it. So here's the thing. <laughs> old people die of COVID. So we will shut down society. We will not allow family and visitors and we will not allow people to enter because if they get the, if they get the Corona and they die, that's terrible, but don't be alarmed if they get the shot and then they die because that's voluntary and it was totally 100% on purpose. But if they accidentally get sick and die, heaven forbid, we need to close down every mom and pop restaurant on the planet because grandma could accidentally get sick and die, but we can give her the sickness on purpose and if she dies that same day, no big deal. It was just a shot. It's what they do. I Shots kill people and old people die. It's fine. It's it is fine. So, but don't like, we are don't in close crazy down world. society. Crazy don't don't world close right down now. society for that. Oh yeah. And it's the fact like we'll just all, we'll all get it. And now who knows, but we still, you, but you might still get sick. And you know, so, so anyways, right. here's the deal. We talked about chicken pox. You and I both had it, you know, kids are getting chicken yep. pox or they don't even get um, chicken pox, but, and that's, don't you remember this growing up? At least I was told this, like, if you don't have it now, if you get it when mm-hmm. you're 40, it's really, really bad. Yeah. It's worse. And then you get the shingles and it's uncomfortable and painful. So get it. So bring over, bring over your kids. Oh, Johnny got it. Everybody flood, go to Johnny's house, hug him, get sick for a week. And we'll all move on with life. Right. Right. And that's the thing now is like how many kids were seeing with shingles because of this, you know, because of the chicken (sighs) vaccine Uh or it's just, there's so much there. I mean, we could dig into so many things about like the biggest incidences of autism at the beginning, you know, like late eighties, early Uh nineties. And it was when certain shots were included into our stuff. So here, give them a snippet of your life now. (laughs) So, um, Okay. So my son was born in 2009 at five months old. He started having seizures and was paralyzed and we immediately did tons of therapy. What the professionals say, you know, do ABA, do speech therapy, do occupational therapy, do this. And I remember asking them like, well, what happened? What caused this? Because I was still questioning and I'm like, what went wrong? And they were like, we don't know, but do occupational therapy and do it every three days a week for the rest of his life. And I'm like, okay. So we did that. And then when he was a year and a half, um, he did, uh, he, he had been paralyzed for about a year and a half. So when he was two is when he started to crawl 
And then it was like, okay, he's not going to be paralyzed in a wheelchair forever. He's not like, he has options now because he can move. And that was huge. And I was like, if he only crawls, like that's the win because they, they thought he was going to die by the time he was two. They thought he had this rare condition and this disease. And they thought he's going to die by the time he's two, he's going to be paralyzed. And we don't know what caused it. We don't know why, but just love him for the year that you've got left and good luck. Here's some medication by and then, but that didn't happen. So when he was two, he started to crawl and then we did more therapy and more therapy. And when he was three, he started to walk. And that's part of the reason why I said no to the brain surgery because he was three and he had just barely been walking. And at that point he was big, but he was basically a toddler. He was wobbly and he was learning how to walk and he was fumbling, you know, kind of like a one-year-old, but he was three. So he was bigger. And I remember they did all these tests and they said, let's remove half his brain. And I, at that point I started asking, instead of just saying, yes, okay. Yes, doctor. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Doctor. I said, why, what is that going to do? And they said, well, he's going to be paralyzed. And I freaked out. I freaked out because I said, no, we did the paralyzed game. And I am never, I am never taking that away from him. Seeing my child go from being completely paralyzed to crawling and having access to the planet you have no idea how life-changing that is. And then for him to start to walk and, and just be still so new at it, kind of that baby giraffe, like wobbly and bumbly. And then they said, let's do surgery and remove half his brain. I said, no, if that's going to make him paralyzed, no, I would rather have him. This is terrible. And this is the most gut-wrenching decision to have to make as a parent. But I said, I would rather have him live with seizures and walk than to be paralyzed and have half a brain and who knows what that's going to look like, because that seems scary to me, way scarier than our current reality. So then flash, fast forward to, um, to now he's 11 years old. And why you saw his mattress on the floor is because he still has seizures and he usually has them. And he usually has them at night when he's sleeping. And so he'll have a seizure and he'll roll out of the bed and he'll hit his head. And so for him to fall three feet, I don't want him to have a concussion on top of a seizure because who needs a traumatic brain injury, right? So his mattress is on the floor and, and it's just kind of heartbreaking. And that's why I shared that because it, that's my reality, right? My husband and I are both college educated. We both make really great money. We have a beautiful brand new home in a, a gorgeous neighborhood. And you would think just by looking at his room that we live in the downtown ghetto of some crazy broken down city. We do not. We do not. If you saw my neighborhood and my home and then you saw his room, it, it's so night and day our reality. And that's why I wanted to share with people that it's not that we're uneducated. It's not that we're poor. It's not that we don't have access to means and, and, and therapies and, and help. And if you saw the pharmacy that I have in my bathroom and my kitchen and my garage, it's, it's not that we're lacking in those things. It's that something stole my child's health and you don't wake up until you have a crisis. And then all of a sudden you care about about health, right? Yeah. It's, it seems like people that lose it are like, Oh no, how do I get that back? Right. And backpedaling is really hard. Yeah. And it's one of those things. How many children do you have now? Well, you, I know you've grown your family. How many other kiddos do you have? So now I have five and okay. it's interesting because my son is the oldest and I had my daughter two and a half years later. And so that's when I started to question and so I was like, oh, but I was still nervous, right? Because I mm -hmm. thought if she doesn't get these shots, she's going to get sick and die. And so I said, 
you know, let's give her a few, but let's space them out and let's do less and let's kind of wait. And then my third son or my third child, which is a son, I did that for him as well. I said, let's give them one or two, but let's space them out and let's, you know, only do this one and that one. I kind of picked and choose what I thought was more important. And then fast forward to my two younger boys they are so healthy, so vibrant. They hit their milestones and they have not had one shot. I had both of them naturally vaginal delivery, no interventions, waited to clamp the cord, no vitamin K shot, no goop in their eyeballs. And I tell you what, doing everything naturally, I believe the way God intended, Mm -hmm. they are so healthy. And in fact, I just had a play date yesterday and my girlfriend was like, my daughter doesn't crawl yet. And she's a month older than your son, who is not only crawling, but he's actually walking. Right. So just seeing them develop, I know. which every baby is different, but, but, but compared to my older kids and compared to their peers, the healthier ones are the ones that do not have these shots. You're absolutely right. And I feel like, um, I am blessed to be able to be going to a lot of different seminars with a lot of the, like the big names that are out there, you know, so whether it's Del Big Tree or Andrew Wakefield or all of that. And I remember Wakefield at a conference one day, he stood up there. This is probably almost 10 years ago. Um, oh. Because, you know, if Wakefield was one that if you people are not familiar with, he has really been like slammed through this whole process of, of what he uncovered, what, 20 years mm-hmm. ago now, I'm trying to think. Um, but yep. he just said, it's going to be the chiropractic children that take over the world because we see that these kids, you know, not only are they making sure that their brain is sending the correct signals to the rest of the body through adjustments, but it's the mm-hmm. fact that everything has been natural throughout. And again, I talk with my chiropractic friends. I'm like, I don't know if, if we, if chiropractic chose us, if we chose chiropractic, because we're already a questioning folk, but we're always questioning everything, right? Like yep. it has been all, so that's the process. So I just love it when kids are really natural and they're allowed to just be how they're supposed to be. So for oh, you yeah. to talk about Chiropractor children, three times a week. That's yep. awesome. I love it. I love it. So where would you tell for somebody that's looking right now, how would they start their research process? As a mom, so, how did you, I mean, obviously a crisis brought you to yours, <laughs> but when you started yeah. searching and, and here's, let's also talk about the reality is you go to Google, you're not going to get this stuff so much because they definitely, um, keep things hidden. But do you remember even earlier, it was like April, 2020, where uh-huh. all of a sudden on Google, you could search in about, was it vac- vaccines and autism? And it actually showed up because they lost that one lawsuit earlier this year. So, oh, yeah. um, but prior to that, you couldn't find, it was all hidden. I mean, no, so you really got to dig. It's so hard. There, there are still ways. And, and like I said, I found out it because of the law, which yeah. is public and anyone can look that up. National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. National Childhood Injury Act of 1986. So look that up, read through it, read through the case summary. It's not, it, it has some legal jargon, but it's not so impossible that typical people can't you know, if, if you can read, if you have like a third grade education, you can look through that and you can, you can see what it's about. So that's one thing that you can look. Another thing you can look at the ingredients and some of the big vaccine ma- manufacturers like Pfizer, Moderna, Merck, you can look and say, what's in the chicken pox, you know, vaccine. And it might have code. So you might have to dig like MRC five. It might say that's an ingredient and you might say, well, what is that? You know, cause I would not go to a restaurant and say, can I have steak in the side of the MRC five? <laughs> you know, I, I would not say, yeah. Can I have steak in the side of MRC five? Cause nobody would do that. Cause what is that? So Google 
what is MRC five? It's an aborted fetal cell. And it tells you this many, it tells you male or female, this many weeks old. Mm -hmm. And they use that to grow it, which back to your thing about the cocker spaniel, the cancer cells, the reason why they use cancer cells is because in science and medicine, those are glorified. They're called Mm -hmm. immortal cell lines, immortal. They will keep going forever and ever and ever. But when it's in your body, Mm -hmm. that's not so great. So kind of your you know, backtracking to what you mentioned, like, why would I want to inject cancer cells into me, which to create the flu vaccine, to create the, you know, MMR or DTAP or whatever, to create the vaccine, it's easy for the manufacturer. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, but so cancer medicine, they love the immortal cell lines because they'll keep replicating forever, which that is cancer. Right. So if you want to inject cancer in your body, maybe look at that. But so that's another place to start. Look at the laws, look at the ingredients. Um, those are, those are really good places to start. Another thing is look at the death rate prior to, because the measles, the measles MMR was developed in 1963, but you look at the death rate prior to 1963 and in the twenties and the thirties and the forties, it dropped to nearly zero before the vaccine was mm-hmm. even invented. So my question is, why do we need it? If the survivability rate of getting the natural infection is 99.9%, why do I need that? Why, why do I need that? I got the chicken pox, I survived it. Why would I need a shot for something I, I already survived? And if my kids got it like I did, is it really that bad? Would they probably survive too? So those are some questions to ask. What is the infection rate? What is the death rate? What are, what are, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of some other things. Yeah. And, and if people want to, I have my top 10 list that I've gathered because people come to me kind of like you, like, Hey, you know, I, I have quite a few viral posts and people come to me, Hey, I read this about your son. I'm so sorry. Or I read this about this shot or I read this or whatever. Um, you know, can you send me more information? I'm also in the military and I have exemptions. And so people come to me, Hey, I thought that military members have to get shots. And I'm like, well, yes and no, here's some information and you can choose what's best for you. Right, Lisa? Cause that's my biggest you. thing yes. is, is I'm not telling anyone what they should or should not do. I'm not telling anyone how to live their life, but I'm just trying to provide some information that I did not have. Because right. if I could go back 12 years ago mm-hmm. and have this information, I guarantee my oldest son would be like my youngest son who is vibrant and healthy and he can walk and he is just doing so well and hitting milestones and people are in awe about how healthy he is. And I think my oldest son would not be 11 years old, wearing diapers, having seizures, nonverbal, breaking our house, hitting me, you know, hurting my other children. He would not be the way he is. And I know that because out of my five kids, my oldest is the worst and my youngest is by far doing, doing much better in life. And it's because of the choices that I have made because I didn't know a different, better way. Yeah, And And so to help, and and that's why I can't shut up now because, you know, just a month ago, my grandpa got shots and nearly died, nearly died. It was on my birthday. They said, Hey, we're really scared for grandpa. You've got to come up and visit him. It might be his last days. And I was like, what? He was just fine. What's going on? And they said, yeah, the doctor convinced him to get a shot. And my family, because of me, they knew 
like, Hey, you better come up and mm-hmm. see. And, and they were like, do you have anything that can help him? And I'm like, Oh yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I have a natural pharmacy in my kitchen. Yes. I will grab <laughs> things and I will come and I yeah. will bring all of the, all of the things and, yes. and let's yeah. see what we can do. And, and thankfully he's recovering. Yeah. He got a blood clot from it. He got pneumonia from the pneumonia vaccine. Go Wouldn't you know? Right. So we hear that. All Wouldn't time, you way. know? Or, or shingles after the, the shingles vaccine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, and he got a blood clot and mm. he couldn't, he tried to stand up after the shot and he fell to the floor and he stumbled and he could not walk out. That's we had funny. to put him in a wheelchair. We, I wasn't there. My, my cousins and my aunts had to put him in a wheelchair and he was angry. He was like, I want to walk. I want to walk. And he would stand and he would fall over. And, and they were like, what is going on? So that instantly, instantly they gave him the shot. He stood up to go walk out and fell over. Yeah. I just, I, people just don't understand. And so I'm so grateful that, um, to have you here to share, share your experience, um, because it is like you just said, there is a better way and, uh, mm-hmm. asking questions is so important and it is okay to ask questions. It is okay yep. to question. You know, I always just say like the medical doctors are not God, but for some reason <sighs> there is that, you know what I mean? I don't know if it was our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation. Like they just never questioned yep. anything, but I'm seeing that now with people are walking and saying, can I just get your opinion on this? you know, upcoming shot. And I was like, you really want to dig in mm-hmm. on that one. Like, please dig in on that before. And especially yes! with, when it's a messenger RNA, oh one, I think that's the biggest thing. Mm. I oh my God. like, I just hope this, this podcast doesn't get pulled by us talking about this because it's so it needs right. to get out there. But I and, think and my, might, and that's the thing it, and, and it might, but I still, I can't, I'm like, I we have to be vocal until you take my life period. We have to be that, vocal. As, as long as I'm in this world. Okay. So, so back to your, back to your point. So I just saw a meme the other day and it said four people say, give a restaurant a bad review. Like you look at Yelp, you look at reviews on a restaurant, four people give it zero stars and say, it's terrible. You look for a different place to eat. There's no shortage of restaurants, no big deal, but millions, literally millions. I'm not making this up. Literally millions. We have 330 million people in America. And if you say only 1% of families have a kid with autism, that is 3.3 million families. And it's far more than that. It is one in 29. And so that is much bigger than 1%. But mind you, millions of families are saying, listen, I'm hearing both sides and I'm hearing people say it's not possible, but I'm telling you with my own eyes, with my own brain, with my own mommy gut, taking care of my kid and keeping them alive 24 hours a day. I saw this hurt my child. I saw him walk into the doctor's office healthy and walk out a different child. And you are hearing millions. So that's another place you can look. There are hashtags. There's a hashtag. We did. We did. There's a hashtag. Believe mothers. There's a hashtag crazy mothers. There's a hashtag hear this well, H-E-A-R, like listen, hear this well. Look at those hashtags. See how many parents, dads included, not just mothers, but dads included that are seeing their children go from healthy, fine, vibrant to having seizures, to being nonverbal, to making zero eye contact, to sitting in a corner, flapping their hands, not responding to their name. Two, you can throw something at them and they will not even flinch. And the difference is healthy kid walks into doctor's office, unhealthy kid walks out and look at those hashtags and tell me, tell me that I'm a crazy mother. That's fine. If one person will listen to me, 
And if one person will save their kid, you can call me crazy all day long. I do not care Mm -hmm. because I live taking care of my 11 year old child, changing his diapers, dealing with him, hitting me, dealing with him, biting my house, dealing with him, hitting and biting my other children. And people tell me, Candace, you can't share that CPS is going to be called. And I said, let CPS come. They will not know what to do with him. I have spent 11 years knowing how to tend to him and love him and give him everything possible. And if CPS comes, I promise they would walk out the door and say, I have no idea how you do it. Good luck, mom. Right. No, isn't that the truth? But people say you can't share this. No, I think. And I'm saying I can't not share this. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I feel like just so I'm so glad we connected. So thank you so much for your story. Um, Share with them about Purple Promise too, and how they can find you on social media and all that good stuff too, and follow you. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, So a few years ago, you know, I always have this hope that my, my son was born healthy and he has all the components to be healthy. Mm -hmm. His body is capable of health. And that has never left my mind. And I always thought if I could just get him back you know, kind of reset to factory settings, so to speak, if I can just get him back to being healthy, then he's going to live a full, amazing, beautiful life. And I know this is taboo and controversial too, because you can't say it because you go to a doctor and they say you have autism for life. You have, there's nothing you can do. There's, you have it for life. So research autism cured, autism recovered, and you will find families whose kids some t- all across the spectrum, sometimes on the lower end, higher end, whatever you want to call it. And now they're speaking, they have friends, they're interacting, they understand jokes and body language and ver- nonverbal cues. And so you look and it's like, if you take out the heavy metals, if you take out the parasites, if you take out, you know, the fungus and the yeast mm-hmm. and the, the problems, the things that are getting in the way of health, they can be healthier. I'm not saying it's possible for every kid and I'm not saying it's easy because heaven knows I've been trying for 11 years now Mm -hmm. and my son can walk. He can, he can, he can feed himself. He can make some sounds. He can ask for things. He can say go and yes and no. But three years ago, I said, you know what? I have every hope for him to be healthy, but I don't know how far he's going to (sighs) go. And so I, excuse me, I need to do something my husband and I are both educated. We both have a business degree. We both have great jobs. And I said, why not? Why not start a company and hire my own son? And part of what sparked it is I have a friend whose child is very similar and they started to go fund me campaign and did some charities and did some, um, some, uh, fundraisers. And they said, we need to raise $50,000 because my kid, their child is a year older than ours. And they said, we need to add an addition to my house because my kid is, he was around 10 or so or whatever. And they, they said, we need to raise this money over the next 10 years, because by the time my son is a grown up and he's incapable and he's living at home with us, instead of putting him in a home, we want to keep him here. So we need to raise $50,000 to put an addition on our house and custom build it for him. And I thought, you know, that's awesome. Good for them. And I donated and I contributed. I said, how can I help? But then I turned and looked at my kid and said, what if I start a company? instead of just asking people for money and donate, which is, which is a beautiful thing. I said, what if I can provide a product and I can provide advocacy and a platform and I can help other families prevent it. And at the same time I can raise money and I can hire my son and he works for me and the hours he contributes, that money goes into a bank account. And we use that for, for his therapies and his services and for his, you know, interventions, biomedical things. And so I started a company 
And I said, I'm going to hire him and I will never fire him. So if he's not able to go into the workforce and be independent, maybe he doesn't have to be, maybe there can be a different way. So I, I make t-shirts, which Facebook bans all the time because (laughs) it shares advocacy. I mean, one of them says plants over pills. You know, because can you eat broccoli instead of taking that, that pill, you know? And so some of them are subtle. None of them are, I feel none of them are pushy because again, I'm not telling you how you should live your life. I'm just presenting information and, and maybe it plants a seed. Maybe you look further, maybe you get more information, but I'm, I'm providing these, these shirts and, and at first I was like, this is so dumb. Nobody's going to order a shirt that says <laughs> repeal 1986 national childhood vaccine injury act. Literally. I have thousands, yeah. thousands of people ordering these shirts saying, Hey, I want one. And, and I'm like, do you want a subtle one? And they're like, no, I want one that says I'm anti-vaccine. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not anti. And they were like, well, I am. Give me the shirt. Make it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's great. I'm pro informed consent. I'm pro education. I'm pro mm. choice and, and being aware of what's going on out there. So we do make shirts and it's, it's called purple promise because, because purple is the color of epilepsy awareness. And one in 20 kids under the age of eight has seizures. Mm-hmm. One in 20, that is 5% of our kids less than eight years old having wow. seizures. And, and purple is the color of that. So it's called purple promise because I promise to be an advocate and to share information from my heart that I've learned. And I will not push anything on anybody. I will respect your choice. You know, I have family members that are like, well, I get all of the shots. And I'm like, that's great. Do you have any questions or do you want information? No. Okay, cool. If you do, I'm here. No right. big deal. Love you anyways. Love you just as much. And that's really, if you want information, yeah. let me know. And that we're all respecting each other's choices. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing right now. And so it's so, um, it's such a polarizing, such a polarizing topic, but it's like, let's just all respect each other. <laughs> right. And, and it shouldn't be because if, if your doctor recommends a gallbladder surgery, no kidding. It's not like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You can ask him, Hey, what do you think? Have you heard about this? Should I do it? Yes or no. Is it good? Is it bad? But you ask your friend vaccines. Oh my gosh. Do not talk to me. We cannot have play dates together anymore. No, uh, no, no, no. And like, like you said, you know, the fact that they're trying to say, we're not allowed to ask questions makes me want to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's everything this year. I think literally they've called it the great awakening and it totally is the great awakening. Yes. People, people are asking questions on everything and people at least are understanding their immune system a whole lot better now. Hopefully they are. Mm-hmm. Some people still aren't. Maybe there's just a certain part. Wear that a mask. Just... <laughs> it's fine. Oh. That'll save you from everything. I know. Right. <laughs> it's just so much. <laughs> But I can't. Oh gosh. I know. I'm kind of, I'm hoping that we flip the switch to 2021 and things are different, but I don't know. We'll see. Cause I was just saw an article that it was like, even if you've already got, this was early on. And it's like, even if you already got six, still wear your mask. And I was like, okay. And, but I just saw an article this week that said, even if you get the shot, the, the vaccine against it, still wear your mask. And because I'm like, you can Why? still catch it. Why? And I was like, and you can still give to everything that I've ever like, wait, so if it works, what's the point if you get the shot and you can still get it and you can still send it and you can still have it like, what's the point? 
I get it. I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, so, but to answer your question, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you can message me, you can email me purple promise and it, just look us up that way. Yeah. And some of our stuff gets banned and censored and blocked and, and whatever, but yeah, I'm going to still keep <laughs> <laughs> You know, right? it's pushing buttons at that point. You can private message me. Candice, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate you sharing your story and just doing what you do for the universe and just helping to get this message out to help others. Thanks for all you do. Oh my gosh. We go to the chiropractor three times a week and it's, it. it makes such a difference. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.